Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. If you're working for a company that you don't like and decide to go work for its competitor instead, will that first company come after you for switching jobs? That can depend on whether you signed a non-compete agreement. A non-compete agreement is a type of contract that prevents an employee from working for a competitor within months or even years after leaving a particular company. In other words, non-compete clauses are designed to protect an employer against workers taking their talents and trade secrets to the competition. That might make sense for high-paid corporate executives, TV anchors, or tech workers whose sudden departure to the competition would pose a real threat. But the wild thing about non-compete agreements is that American employers have asked all types of workers at all wage levels to sign them. Home health workers, sandwich shop employees, even dog walkers. According to 2020 data published in the Journal of Law and Economics, around one in five American workers are bound by a non-compete agreement. For the article this episode is based on, HowStuffWorks spoke with study co-author Evan Starr, an assistant professor of management and organization at the Robert H. Smith School of Business at the University of Maryland. He said, you'll find non-compete agreements in every corner of the U.S. labor market. They're being signed by interns, minimum wage workers, even volunteers for nonprofits in states like California that won't even enforce non-compete agreements. According to Starr's research, nearly 40% of the 11,505 U.S. workers that he surveyed have signed a non-compete agreement at some point in their careers, and 18% are currently bound by one. That includes one-third of workers earning $40,000 a year or less. Another study by the Economic Policy Institute found that 29% of employers paying less than $13 an hour required their workers to sign non-compete agreements. Of the folks in the top-earning tier of their study, those making $22.50 an hour and above, 36.5% had signed non-competes. So, do non-compete agreements serve a legitimate purpose? The classic argument in favor of non-compete agreements is that they take some of the risk out of hiring and training new employees. Companies invest time and resources in training their workers, and part of that training includes sharing inside information, maybe even trade secrets, about how the companies do business. Starr said, If the worker is allowed to walk across the street and join a competitor, then that puts the firm at a competitive disadvantage. The company had to create that information and spend lots of money developing it. Another argument in favor of non-compete clauses is that workers aren't technically forced to sign them. They can be negotiated as part of the overall employment contract. If a worker feels like they're giving up too much by signing a non-compete clause, they can ask for a higher salary or walk away. In reality, though, very few people are in a position to negotiate, or perhaps they don't consider it a hill worth dying on. Starr said, less than 10% of workers negotiate over their non-compete agreement. More than 85% of the time, when a worker is presented with a non-compete agreement, they simply sign it. If you're one of the millions of Americans who have signed non-compete, you might assume that very few of these contracts are ever enforced. Companies would only go after the big fish, right? A Wall Street Journal analysis found that non-compete lawsuits increased by 60% from 2002 to 2013. A star said, 
There are about a thousand non-compete lawsuits a year, and you'll find all sorts of workers that you'd never expect to be in the legal record. Consider the home health aide who was sued by his Pittsburgh-based agency when he tried to leave and work for a rival company. Or the famous case of the janitor who was sued by her billion-dollar employer, Cushman & Wakefield, when she tried to work for a rival cleaning business. The company dropped the case after a public outcry. Relatively few non-compete lawsuits ever go to court, though. The very existence of these agreements is usually enough to intimidate workers, whether you're a janitor or a manager, from leaving for a better-paid job with the competition. They often use broad language, not just prohibiting employees from going to a competitor, but stipulating that the employee will have to pay the company's legal fees should the case go to court. Often, threatening letters from a company's lawyers stop employees before a case gets that far. But if it does go to court, judges generally stick to the janitor rule when determining the enforceability of a non-compete agreement. A contract is unenforceable if it's so broad that it prevents a worker from taking any job with a competitor, including a janitor. Starr argues that non-compete agreements are not only bad for the workers who sign them, but also for the entire U.S. labor market, employers included. He said, Let's say that in a certain market sector, 50% of the workers are bound by a non-compete agreement. If you're a firm trying to fill a position, it's going to be really hard to hire an experienced worker because everybody's bound by non-compete agreements. Starr's research shows that non-compete agreements gum up the labor market, driving down wages, slowing the hiring process, and making it less likely for workers not signing a non-compete to receive a job offer. As of right now, various types of non-compete agreements are enforceable in 47 states. Only California, North Dakota, and Oklahoma have outlawed non-competes for all workers. A handful of other states, like Maryland, have also banned non-compete agreements for low-wage workers. But in early July of 2021, President Joe Biden signed an executive order calling on the Federal Trade Commission, or FTC, to ban or limit the use of non-compete agreements in employee contracts. The FTC now has to consider how aggressively it wants to take this issue on. It could ban non-competes from being used in low-wage jobs, which some states have done, or it could impose rules to make the process more transparent. For example, lots of workers are asked to sign non-compete agreements on their very first day on the job when they've already negotiated their pay and benefits. The FTC could require early notice for such agreements. Starr believes that in most cases, non-competes aren't necessary at all. If a company really wants to protect its trade secrets, then it can have workers sign non-disclosure agreements, or NDAs. If a business wants to protect its investment in clients, then it can have workers sign a non-solicitation agreement, which would forbid an employee from soliciting customers of the business they just left for a certain period of time. For job sectors that require months or years of training, There are even contracts that require a worker to pay back a portion of their training costs if they leave within two years. Starr said, The key difference is that all of those other agreements are directly tied to the interest that the business is trying to protect. But unlike non-compete agreements, they don't restrict where workers can go. Today's episode is based on the article, Non-Compete Agreements Target Janitors as Well as VPs, But Why? on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Dave Ruse. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.